Vijay Kapoor, thank you so much for coming back in. It's been a while since we spoke. And since then, you won a resounding election, had a great showing in the election. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it. And, you know, the first time that we spoke was about this very same issue was the Asheville District's bill. I remember last time, so you you had actually challenged Senator Chuck Edwards to say, hey, come debate me because I'm running from South Asheville. I would love to talk to you about this issue. And I don't think you really got a response back, did you? No, no, I, uh, I, I didn't. And, and I can understand why he, he probably wouldn't want to uh, uh, debate me at that point. So, yeah, we should back up and say, obviously, the legislature passed this bill over the objections of the Buncombe County delegation to the legislature and over the city council and the mayor and, and uh, basically saying that Asheville has to have districts. So that was passed. They basically told city council that, yeah, you can have a say in this. You can draw the districts. City council has not acted. And so now it looks like when they come back in May that they're going to be moving ahead with drawing the districts themselves. I'm talking about the legislature. And right now on the legislative website, there is a portal for people to offer feedback. And so that's what we're here talking about. But um, I guess my first question is, why did the city council not exercise its option to draw the districts as stipulated in the bill. Yeah, Jeremy, and that's a that's a fair question to ask me. You'll you'll note that I wasn't on city council at that time, and so I, I got elected at that at that same at that same time. I think what city council wanted to do was actually ask the voters and the citizens of Asheville what they wanted to do. So instead of drawing those districts, what the city did was they put a referendum on the ballot, the same ballot that was the ballot that was on the most recent city council election, mm-hmm. uh, to ask voters what they wanted, and and it resounding over seventy five percent of the those who voted said that they did not want districts. And interestingly, even in the precincts in South Asheville, every one of those, the majority of the folks in those South Asheville precincts also said that they didn't want districts. Okay, so there is a concern, right, in South Asheville, or there had been before this recent election, that maybe that part of the city wasn't being represented so well on city council because there hadn't been somebody from South Asheville. But you're from South Asheville. You got elected. So you've proven that, obviously, if you run a good campaign, you can get elected from South Asheville. But take us back through that history prior to the bill and everything. I mean, was there concern? Were, were you hearing much? What were people from South Asheville saying? Yeah. And, and so, Jeremy, that, that's a that's a really good question. I think it kind of gets to the heart of, you know, what is the issue here? And, and what, if anything, should be the solution? Prior to me getting elected, I was out in the community in South Asheville, and there were concerns that their voice wasn't being heard. If you look at the history of it, there hadn't been a person from South Asheville on Asheville City Council since back in 2005. So there were legitimate concerns, I think, in South Asheville about having representation on on city council. But that didn't mean in talking to people that they thought that there should be city council districts. As you saw with this bill that was introduced, and and eventually what happened with, with my situation was, you know, the main reason that proponents of this bill put forward at the beginning was this representation issue. But I think this most recent city council election should put that to bed. Um, you know, as you noted, not only do I live in South Asheville when I was elected, but, you know, without sounding I'm bragging here, I was also the top vote getter in, mm-hmm. in, in right. the city and um, both in the primary and the general election. And, and I, as a candidate, did well, not just in South Asheville, but also throughout the city. So if you look at the precincts, there are about 41 precincts. I won 20 of of 41 of those precincts. And if you Mm -hmm. look at the total vote total, about two thirds of people who cast a vote throughout the city, the entire general election, cast one of their votes for me. 
And so it shows that, you know, not only can someone from South Asheville carry that part of the city, but they can also do it citywide. And I think another very important component, Jeremy, of what happened in this last election was historically the South Asheville community didn't really turn out for municipal elections. Mm-hmm. I mean, voter turnout was was pretty abysmal. And what you saw in this most recent election is uh, they really turned out. They turned out at roughly the same levels that we saw throughout the city. So that premise behind having this bill, which again, as as was uh, was explained to me, and was was really talked about by the proponents of it in public about having representation for a certain part of the city, we proved that you could do it under the current system. Why do you think that the people of South Asheville came out in higher numbers this time? I think there were a couple of reasons. One is I made a direct effort (laughs) to try and get them out. Part of my view of running was even if I wasn't going to be successful, I wanted to make sure that people in that area came out to vote because I think that makes it better for the entire city. Um, and, And the truth of the matter is if you don't come out to vote, the chances are your voices are not going to be heard. It doesn't matter where you live in the city or, or who you are. As the guy who was elected from South Asheville, obviously you had heard about some of those concerns about representation. Do you hear from those same people? Do you think some of those people were basically saying, okay, well, this this works? I mean, did you hear a, a, a shift after your election in terms of that uh, worry about fair representation? No, I think I have not had, let me just say this directly, um, you know, since I've been elected, I have not had anyone talk to me about districts in South Asheville. I mean, I, I have not. I, um, the only the only time that it has started to come up is as a result of the news about this new bill. Right. So I've heard no one say to me that we need to change the system and, and you all should be redrawing these districts. Um, I'll tell you, it's also interesting, Jeremy, is, is you know, one of the things that I had, I had questioned about this, and I'm not questioning Senator Edwards' integrity on this. I'm questioning some of the proponents of this. You know, I asked the question about this bill, was this, was this about geography or was this really about ideology? In that, are we really looking to find representation for certain parts of the city, or are we trying to get someone elected who has political beliefs similar to those folks? And 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 uh, you know, it's not like my feelings were hurt about this, but I will tell you, um, after being elected, none of those proponents uh, who supported districts gave me a call to congratulate me. <laughs> Oh, I see. So I don't I don't need the congratulations. You know, it's I don't don't take that personally. Um, But I think it indicates um, where some of the true motives might be for some of the people who are trying to push Senator Edwards to get this bill. passed. Basically, you know, that uh, what some of the opponents of this bill were saying was that Senator Edwards wants to elect Republicans. He wants Republicans on city council because it's a very liberal city. It's a it's very hard for a Republican to get elected in the city of Asheville because very Democratic city. You know, that's not his stated intention. Let's sure. say let's say that is his goal. Is it wrong for him to try to get some representation for Republicans on city council? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I think this this is how I feel about both the, what I would what I would call that in my mind would be a political gerrymander. And I don't think that's right if, if Democrats do it. Or if Republicans do it. Um, North Carolina, as you know, over the past couple of years, has uh, not really distinguished itself uh, in the area of, uh, of gerrymandering and political gerrymandering. So, so my take on this is to say, look, I come at this at the question of what is best for the citizens of Asheville? What system requires the city council members to think about the city from its entire perspective and not just in specific fiefdoms? And, and, and when I was running and now that I'm elected, I, I can tell you 
you this. Um, the current system of at-large representation um, requires me as a city council member to think about the impact that my decisions have on the entire city. Because a vote from South Asheville is just as important to me as a vote in North Asheville. And what I really worry about if we move to a district level, and again, I say this as someone who would benefit from a district level, mm-hmm. to, be, to be quite honest with you, is that council members will only truly care about what benefits their particular district and not think about the impact of the city on a whole. Because again, I will tell you now as a council member, I have an incentive to listen to folks in West Asheville and North Asheville and downtown and East Asheville, just as much as I have an incentive to listen to folks in South Asheville. Yeah, I guess the argument before would have been that somebody from South Asheville would call up city council with some problem and not be heard or not get it addressed. Now, I know that you are very active. Obviously, you ran, but you were active for years, attending meetings, you know, being very involved. Uh, was that the case for you when you would try to get something done with city council? Were, were you being heard by the people? You know, there's this not to ask a billion questions at once, but sure. there's been this perception that, you know, it's central Asheville, downtown Montford area that's kind of controlling the city. I think that's been Senator Edwards' is uh, Well, at, at least some of the proponents of that have, have yeah. referred to the city of Asheville as having a cabal. Uh, yes, that, yeah, that, that is a term that, that, that was, term, that was yeah. used. Uh, our, our own Illuminati. So you here. joined the cabal now. Uh, well, apparently yeah. so. Well, again, and this this is an interesting point, Jeremy, and I'll answer your question. But, but sure. th- this what was interesting during the election and where we are now is to see the evolution of the arguments of supporters. And again, I'm not saying it's Chuck Edwards. I'm talking about some of the folks who were pushing this bill. Not, I'm not referring to Senator Edwards here. But this started off as being a geographical issue of saying South Asheville doesn't have representation. And then I got into the race. Uh, And then folks started saying, well, wait a second, we really didn't mean just geography. We're talking about, you know, just general representation. Uh, and I went to a, a CBO meeting, a Council of Independent Business Organizations meeting, who and some of their, their members were, were big proponents of this. And I asked the question about whether this was geo- what was being motivated for this, was this geography or ideology. Uh, and one of the, um, the panelists, who was one of the biggest proponents, um, rather than saying, you know, this is geography, it's a question of, of, of where we want to, where, where people have representation in the city, spent about a minute and a half going off on a diatribe on how progressive Asheville City Council was. <laughs> I see. And, yeah. and that, to me, kind of answers that question. Prior to me even running or declaring, I actually found city council to be very responsive in terms of when I would ask questions, and they were always that way. I will tell you again, now as a council member, now I'm, you know, if, if you will, I'm on the inside. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I get between 20 and 30 emails a day mm-hmm. um, from folks all across the city. Um, and I will tell you, having seen council members respond, it doesn't matter what part of the city those individuals are from. We do our best to get back to them. Um, we're not able to get back to everybody in a reasonable time, and we understand that. Anyone who's emailed city council will will, uh, will know that. Um, I try and do my best. But, but in terms of responsiveness, I had always felt that city council was responsive to all parts of the city. I see. Has the city council, you guys have been busy with a lot of things, Have has there <laughs> yes. been discussion about any sort of response to the district's bill? Yeah, at this point, there has not. I will honestly tell you, it has not. Um, you know, we've not sat down and talked about any, any type of strategy or otherwise. Um, you know, at the last night's city council meeting, I I let folks know that they uh, this, the, the General Assembly is taking comments on this. You can go to ncleg.net, mm-hmm. uh, and you can follow a link and, and submit yours online. And, you know, folks are welcome to do that, however they want to go. We're not telling them which 
way to go on it. But but council has not sat down and figured out any any type of strategy on this. I mean, we, we to be honest with you, I think from our perspective, the citizens of Asheville answered that question for us in the referendum. So what do you think city council will do if uh, this bill goes forward, if the legislature draws a map for Asheville? Yeah, Jeremy, I'm hopeful it doesn't get to that point. But but in terms of, and again, I will speak for myself on this, is uh, here's how I look at this. I mean, I look at this more than just sort of a districts issue. I look at this in a, in a kind of a broader way. And in a democracy, voting rights, including how we select our representatives, in my view, are, are sacred. And so if the voting rights of Asheville citizens are attacked, I'm going to defend them. Whether that may mean litigation or whatever that may mean, if it gets to that point, um, we'll consider it. But, but I view this as a voting rights issue. This is not just a question about you know, how city council districts are drawn. I mean, this really goes to the heart of a democracy as to how people want to select their representatives. And, you, I mean, you have the two things to point to, yourself, who won from South Asheville, and, of course, the referendum itself that asked Asheville voters what they want to do with districts. Now, I know that Senator Edwards has sort of attacked the credibility of the referendum itself, saying the way that it was written, it was kind of in this way, and also also saying, you know, and making a good point that if there is a minority that's not being well represented, that there's a good chance that they may not come out ahead in a referendum if you ask the, the voters of the entire city, you know, and if voters from South Asheville aren't being well represented, then maybe they won't win on that referendum. How do you respond to that? I mean, what I would say is this, I mean, if the argue, that that argument is basically like voters don't turn out if, if they don't feel as if someone is going to be representing them. Um, and what I will say to you is that in the in the primary, um, there were individuals out there who were willing to consider districts. Those individuals didn't win. There were people who ran who perhaps had political persuasions closer to those individuals. Uh, and folks need to come out <laughs> to make their voice heard. Right. Um, it's kind of like saying, like, why do elections matter in general? I mean, if if everybody didn't vote, do we throw that election out? That's not how it works. That's exactly right. And and again, my, my, my point on this is let's look at this from the perspective of what is the problem you're, you're looking to solve here? Um, if it's an issue of geographic representation, then clearly we don't need to change it. If it's an issue of political ideology, that's a bigger question here. And we need to be honest about that if that is really what's going on here. Um, and my response to that would be is to get out and get your folks out and vote. Um, you don't hear the state legislature overall saying to the Democrats right now, you know, we should redraw the current districts right now because Democrats, uh, you know, aren't coming out to vote. Right. right? right. I mean, we, we don't, we don't, let me just put it this way. Let me say it in a, in a more blunt way. We don't use the same logic that may be used in, in, the, in the local case on the state case or the federal case. Right. Now, you're a Democrat, right? I'm a registered Democrat. Registered Democrat. So, I, I mean, just... Although I'm a pretty moderate Democrat, as I'm learning here yeah. in Nashville. Well, so, so blunt question. If uh, Democrats were in the minority in the city of Asheville, do you think you'd feel differently? I, I would not. I would not. And, and, and again, you know, what I did was I had felt that I needed to get South Asheville's voice heard. Mm-hmm. And so rather than than crying about it or trying to change the law, I went out and I, I went out and I ran mm-hmm. <laughs> and I ran hard uh, and I ran throughout the city. And my response to those individuals who may be upset right now is to go run an election uh, and not change the rules. Mm-hmm. I see. And do you think that it is the case that 
Senator Edwards is pushing this bill because he wants Republicans elected more so than a geographical thing. Yeah, and again, I, I don't know about this because because I haven't had a chance to sit down with Senator Edwards about it. So I, I'm not I'm not going to put any I'm not going to put him in that spot. But but it, what I will say is for some of the people who are who are pushing him to do it, um, as I said earlier, uh, their evolution of 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 why they wanted this has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes me um, question uh, their true motives, not Senator Edwards's true motives. Why have you not had a chance to sit down with Senator Edwards? If he's talking about changing up Asheville City Council, you would think that City Council would be engaged with Senator Edwards on this matter. Yeah, that's a good question. And and, and to be fair to him, I haven't reached out to him either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will probably do that after well, this interview. Well, you have you. before. I, I, guess, I, I before have. The election. Although arguably that, that was perhaps in an antagonistic way. One <laughs> 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 could read it that way, uh, which, is, which is why I, you know, I, I could I can understand. You're not his surprised. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I, I looking at it as a as a human being, I understand that. But now I think it's, I think it's worth having a conversation here, and, and I think it'd be worth having me sit down with with him because again, he is actually my state senator. Uh, I, I live in in his district, uh, mm-hmm. and so it's, it it would be worth sitting down. I think understanding where where he's coming from, and you know, to see if there's a way that uh, you know whatever concerns that he has uh, can be assuaged under the current system. You know, the Asheville voters said they didn't want districts in overwhelming numbers. Would you encourage Asheville voters to go and then weigh in on the criteria for the districts that they didn't want? I would. I, I think yeah. it's important. Again, and this is this is. Reg- I'm not telling people what to put down. I mean, right. obviously, I have a perspective, and, and, and I've, I've said it here, and, and that perspective has, has has been the same. But I do think it's important for folks to go to this website again, nCLEG.net, and give what their thoughts are because it's important. I, I think ignoring it is is not not the right way of of doing it, and I think it's important for people to to hear. You probably haven't really looked into this, but do you think that were litigation to be put forward. Do you think that the city of Asheville would stand a good chance in winning? Well, again, if we if we look at what's happened in North Carolina recently, in the past couple of years, uh, Greensboro had a had a case that I would consider kind of similar, overturned, uh, where the city the city won. And so, I'm a former lawyer, so I'm not yeah. going to waste taxpayer dollars if there's not a case there. But again, as I said earlier, I really view this as an issue of voting rights. That is something that is sacred to me and something that we that we need to defend. Um, and I would defend it if a Republican were doing it, and I would defend it if a Democrat were doing it. Okay, well, I think those are my questions on this. Did we? Did we? Do you think we covered everything as far as the districts goes? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I think you know, in, in terms of just trying to understand kind of the angle on this, yeah. um, from my perspective, nothing has really changed except that I am more convinced today that there is not a need for city council districts, and that in my view, any concerns that folks had about representation, I think, should have been put to bed in this last election. And my bigger concern is that if we move to a district, we're going to have a city council that is more interested in its own fiefdoms than it is in what's best for the city at large. While I've got you here, is there anything else that you think we should discuss? Let's see. Um, I mean, I could ask you about the tax stuff. I don't know how much time you got. Yeah, I mean, we, we can talk to. a little. Yeah, we can talk a little bit. About, I mean, we can talk about the budget a little bit. I mean, if if you want to do that, yeah, I mean, sure. We're we're, we're uh, you know, or just generally what's going on. At, <laughs> we've yeah. had a we've had a you know. I mean, what I would tell you, Jeremy, is is um you know, as a as a new council member, um, this has been an absolutely incredible initiation mm-hmm. <laughs> as to yeah, the issues been... that that local governments face, and it's across the board. It's budget issues. It's public safety issues. Um, it's equity issues. Uh, it's race issues. I mean, th- what I'm seeing, it's, it's management issues as well. Right. Um, you know, what I'm seeing across the city is a lot of the issues that were not fully dealt with, we are having to deal with now. 
I see. And as difficult it is, I think, from the public to kind of hear these issues come out in the news and on the radio, I'm always thankful they're happening this quickly and all happening at once because we're getting all these things on the table. Um, and we're having, I think, very direct and blunt conversations about um, what we want the city to look like and what that may cost us mm-hmm. in order to do it. I mean, as you know, in the, in the last, in, in the most recent budget, which, which we appear to have come to a, uh, at least an initial budget with, with no tax hikes uh, and with, with minimal service impact, that I floated the idea about if it was unavoidable, uh, and I use those qualifiers. Very, those, those qualifiers matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would consider, uh, you know, a tax increase. And and I got a lot of responses from folks uh, who were concerned about that. And I can understand that. Uh, and my hope with that was not to have a tax increase. I'm very glad that that we can get a budget, a responsible budget that doesn't have one. But to put on the table and to let people know, we are asking this city to do an extraordinary number of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that takes both staff time as well as costs. and It takes us money to do it. And that we need to prioritize what we think is the most important thing to do. And, and with that statement, which caught me a lot of flack, and, and I'm, I'm happy to take it, it really put in the forefront the need to understand we've got to prioritize and mm-hmm. we can't get everything we want for free. Right. Um, well, let's talk about some of those things. The, you know, you're new to city council, so it's it's kind of like you can talk about this without it being so much a referendum on yourself. So maybe right. you're freed up a little bit more right. to talk about where do you think our priorities are right? Where are they wrong as far as spending and services? Right. And, and so so what I look at is I, I, I look at budgets and, and I do this in my for my, my business as well yeah. is is you tend to look at, you know, what are the core services that cities provide? And, you know, what are the areas that, that we that we want to be in? One of the things I will note about Asheville is that that for a city of this size, we are involved in a lot of different areas. You know, most cities that, that I work with, you've got police officers, firefighters, public works, um, you know, some, some transit, water. I mean, those tend to be kind of the core services. In Asheville, we've got an office of sustainability. We've got an office of, you know, we're putting up an office of equity. Uh, there's a desire to deal with affordable housing. And so for a city of, Ash- of Asheville size to take those on, that's unique. And that obviously costs a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And so from my end, what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying that, those pri- that those, all those priorities are not important. What I'm trying to get at is saying, do we have the resources and do we have the staff uh, and do we actually have the money to effectively implement all those things? And, and are we being fair and transparent to the taxpayer so that if we tell them we're going to do something – that we'll actually be able to do it. Right, right. And so that is kind of, Jeremy, where where I'm coming from on this. Again, being somewhat new to council, I am trying to make sure, and what I've been pushing staff to do, is to make sure that we have the resources to do what we say we're going to do. And if we can't, and if we don't, because we're not going to be able to do everything, we prioritize and say, well, if, if you want me to do this, I can't do that. I mean, one of the questions in the last budget was about expanding hours for transit for this year. And what staff did is they came back to tell us, they said, look, we, we don't have the staff or the money to do that this year. And there was understandably some pushback from council because this is a big priority of the public. But I thought it was helpful to have that type of discussion with staff so that we're not eight months down the road and all of a sudden there haven't been any transit increases I and see. folks were upset about that. So I think that's a new culture change right now because I think historically staff has always said, yes, we'll do it. Yes, we'll do it. Yes, we'll do it. And then we end up having them spread so thin and that some of these complex projects like Rad Tip, like the Bond, can fall through the cracks. Well, why do you think that staff is feeling more able to basically give the 
the cold hard truth. I think part of it has to do with with counsel opening the door for that. I see. Um, I mean, I've asked that question again. I I work in the in the government. I've worked in local government. I haven't done the same jobs they have, but I've been on the receiving end of a lot of these requests. And you know, I think there's a there's a feeling of this council that you know we want to be upfront. And this is not to denigrate previous councils, but I think there's a focus here to say, look, are we able to implement what we say we're going to implement? Right. I think right. we're finally at a point right now where I think staff feels comfortable because you know we're opening the door to them, and we will push back. There's no question. We'll mm-hmm. have the residents push back. But again, my view on this is if we got to be honest with ourselves about what we can do mm-hmm. and what we can pay for. Obviously, the police department's been in the news a lot yep. because of the the rush beating and. Um, uh, one of the big headline grabbers was when Brian Haynes proposed uh, cuts to the police department. Right. I, I believe you are not in favor of that. Is that right? Uh, th- that's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, if you could just tell me about your position. On yeah, that. so yeah. sure. So, 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 so to take one quick step back in terms of what was actually being being proposed here was in the previous city council, uh, Chief Hooper had proposed creating a downtown district for police. Currently, there are three districts, uh, one that deals with West Asheville, one that deals with North and Central and downtown, and one that deals with uh, East Asheville and South Asheville. If you look at the calls for service, and if you look at the actual just workload that officers have, they are spending a lot of time in the downtown area. And what is happening is resources that would be patrolling other parts of North Asheville are being called into the downtown area. And given our population growth and what's going on, uh, the chief said, look, we really need to create a specific downtown district, which not only will serve downtown, but then it will free up other officers to serve other parts of the city. Because what I hear a lot from people in other neighborhoods is like, you know, where the we've got speeders in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. where are the cops with the radar guns, you know, we've got traffic incidents, where are the police over there? And so, so, uh, so what the chief proposed was creating that downtown district. In order to do that, she needed to hire more officers. And so in the last city council, they said, we're okay with that plan. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with that was they only funded six months of that <laughs> increase. Uh-huh. And so what happened was in this year's budget, in order to continue that, we need to fund 12 months. Right. Right. And so what Brian was saying was he was saying, look, I'm concerned about spending all that money and continuing that. My position on this is said, look, we need to have that downtown district, not just for downtown, but also to make sure that we enhance services throughout the city. What the police department was able to do was they were able to say, um, we're going to be able to just given the amount of officers that and the time that it takes us to hire them, we're not going to be able to hire all the officers we initially thought we would. I see. So the the police department actually reduced its request this year by $400,000. And so we were able to make the budget work. And interestingly, this just happened yesterday at the work session, there was a unanimous approval. All city council members, including including Brian Haynes, including myself, um, were were able to come to a budget that allowed that process to continue, uh, but to do so in a way that we think was a fiscally responsible way of doing it. It almost sounds in your explanation like the rush video didn't really, wasn't really as big a factor in, in that. Well, I mean, again, it depends on. Yeah. There, there's seven unique individuals on city council. Right. What, I, what I've learned as well, and, and anyone who is who has interacted with us, I think will uh, will agree with that. But in my view, I did not use the rush video as a guide for the amount of money that I thought the city of Asheville should be uh, should be putting to, to its police department. I mean, what was done to Mr. Rush was heinous. There's no question about that. Uh, the, the the delay in finding out about that, it hurt public safety and it hurt um, trust 
throughout the community. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not belittling what happened, uh, but what I've got to look at here is what is in the best interest of, of all residents in the city of Asheville. And I was very happy that we were able to come to a compromise on that. What do you think U.S. City Council can do to address some of those issues that you mentioned were heinous? And, you know, I confess that I don't really know how city government works all that well. I know that the city manager took a fall for that. And I don't know, is that, was that appropriate? I don't know. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily say that, that I would push back on the notion that, that the city manager took a fall on that. Um, uh, what I would say is in terms of what city council can do, there's a couple of things. I mean, number one is we need to deal with the issues in the police department, mm-hmm. um, comprehensively. And you've got a council, I think that's willing to do that. Um, that is willing to exert oversight over there, but also to partner with the department. I think that she, turning, Changing the culture of a police department is not an easy thing to do. Uh, and I've come out in support of, of Chief Hooper because I think she is moving in the right direction. The other thing that we can do is we can provide um, citizen oversight. Uh, we are developing the Office of Equity, which we're going to be standing up in this year's budget. Uh, and we are also working with the, the Human uh, Human Relations Commission uh, that was also uh, recently um, that is recently going to be going to be going to be started up. Um, we are looking at what sort of data that we can share publicly in a way that is transparent. Um, because our, our goal at the end of the day is this. I mean, nobody benefits when crimes occur. Right. Um, and, and if you look at the, look at the crimes, um, you know, uh, violent crime, about, about a third of the violent crime in the city of Asheville impacts African-Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're about 12% of the population, a third of the violent crime. And, and we're seeing, unfortunately, a spike in that in the past couple of years. So um, I think what you're seeing in this council, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled that it is as a diverse council as it is, because I think mm-hmm. we all come at these at different angles, is that we are really trying to find a collaborative way of making the citizens of Asheville safer. Now, when you mentioned earlier that you would push back on whether Jackson took the fall. I mean, he was forced out over this issue. I mean, why? That's that's a fair question, Jeremy. And and, and I I think, you know, the the, the response that that I would give here, again, there's seven seven individuals. Gary had announced his retirement effective at the end of the year. Right. But you're right. In terms of what happened, city council decided to terminate, you know, Mr. Jackson we did decide to do that. And again, different council members have, I think, would have, would have different reasons to do it. Um, you know, my view on this was, was really that, that it was really in the best interest of both the city as well as uh, the community at that point. And it's not just the rush thing. I mean, there were, what we're seeing right now in the current arrangement, we have an, we have an interim city manager and, 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 and we've been able, I think, to work well. Um, and to kind of continue uh, what we need to be doing. I mean, we're in the process right now of, of, of hiring a, a new manager. We've, we've just uh, engaged a, um, a search firm to help us do that. Uh-huh. But again, I mean, I, I think in terms of, you know, in terms of kind of the, the, the rationale for it, you know, each council member is going to have their own, their own perspective on it. What did he do wrong? You know, I don't think there's anything that I would say that, that Gary did wrong in, in, in this. And um, I think my view on this was kind of looking at the totality of the situation and looking at where we were as a city. In my view, it was the right time to make a change. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gary, Gary had a lot of great successes. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we've got a AAA bond rating. I mean, the, the, city's, the city's in good financial shape. We've got a lot of really important projects going on. Yeah. Um, but in terms of kind of, I think, where at least where my head was, um, you know, I felt that we needed to go in, in a in a in a different direction. I see. Uh, I see. And that we needed to start that process sooner rather than later. So I, see. I, I have nothing ill to say about about Gary. Uh-huh. Um, it, it is unfortunate that this is happening at the same time what's happening at the county level, uh-huh. because some people are saying, look, is there is there was there any sort of 
parallel and the answer is absolutely not mm-hmm. i mean that i can tell you for for absolute sure it, for me it was really a decision that that, that we thought it was in the best in, in my view mm-hmm. best interest of both gary and as well as the city to go in that it, direction and you said you you support chief hooper um do you do you think that she acted appropriately do you think that the problems that occurred were systemic in the police department that she kind of arrived into is that yeah i think there's a couple ways i mean you know there's there's two layers to that question one is 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 you know what's your take on the entire department how how she's done over there and and then the other question could be well how 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 did she handle this particular situation right Right. so taking the the bigger one first in terms of the the larger department um you know i I work with governments across the country I, i deal with police compensation issues police officers are just like everyone else in the sense that changing that culture is a very difficult thing to do. Anyone who's ever managed a group of people will tell you that. Um, And so, you know, we've gone through, I think we've gone through what, three chiefs or four chiefs in the last five years, some, some, some incredible number. Yeah. Uh, And so, so coming in here and dealing with the evidence room issue as she did and and trying to change the culture to a really more 21st century policing operation is a very difficult thing to do. And so I think she is, she's working very hard to do that. And I support her in what she's, she's trying to do. I mean, Mm. the, the rush case, aside, um, if you look at uh, use of force cases, they've gone down mm-hmm. over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And I think she's been able to remedy some of the compensation and some of the turnover issues that we saw in the police department. Yeah. Um, you know, in the more specific question of what happened here, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that city council didn't know earlier. And I think residents are upset about that. Um, you know, I learned about this in the paper. And that's part of the reason we want to look at what happened in a very deep way. Because, it, <laughs> you know, if you look at it on, on, a, on, a, on a very kind of Issue by issue basis, there were there were mistakes. I mean, there were failures. I like I'm gonna call them mistakes. I'll call them failures. I mean, let's mm-hmm. call them what they are um, across the board. And I, and I include myself in that too. I mean, one of the things that, that that I think I should have done was after some of the news came out, there was a CPAC meeting uh, uh, one night, uh, and this was just soon after that. And the chief was up there, and some of the community members who were part of CPAC, and there there was a there was there were an understandably angry group of of, of folks you know, um, asking what had happened. And, and, and a lot of us on city council were in the audience. We should have been on stage. I should have been on stage taking uh-huh. that. I should have been listening to that. Um, I think, you know, I think we should have done a press conference soon after this thing came out to address those things. So so when I say, in my, again, I'm speaking for myself, when I say I think there were failures across the board, I include myself in that. I mean, I absolutely do. Uh, and I think, um, you know, I do not want this situation to ever happen again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely do not. Uh, but I think, um, certainly I would, I would handle certain things differently. I see. If, if, I see. if God forbid something like this ever happened again, I, I think the, the pushback that residents had, that council needed to be more upfront and needed to be more, more needed to hear from them more directly. Mm-hmm. I, I think those were, I think those were absolutely apt and, and I, I would agree with them. You're upset that city council didn't know of this sooner. I think probably the public is upset about that too, but is that realistic? I mean, it's a, is that the city council? Like, is that their role? Like, is it realistic to expect that they would know about an, an isolated incident of the police as bad as it was? I'm sure the police department wasn't, it's not really expected of them to be broadcasting all of what happens in their department. Sure. sure. But, but in this case, I mean, it wasn't just city council. It was also the city manager didn't know too. And so, oh. you know, if you, if you kind of look at the chain of command on this, um, you, you know, anyone who's seen the video, it, could see, you know, this this was this is heinous, right? I mean, yeah. some, something has got to be done on. Well, this. it made national news. I mean, well, it so made international should... news. I mean, well, let's yeah. let's not let's not, <laughs> not hold it back, <laughs> right? I mean, it, uh, and not in a good way. So, right. um, 
So, so again, you know, I think that was part of one of my concerns over here in terms of looking at this organizationally speaking, like how could this happen? And that's something that I think we really want to take a look at remedying. Um, because from my perspective, again, as I look at this from a council member, I, I view part of our role here, a significant part of our role here is oversight. Yeah. In terms of the operation. So we're not the manager. We don't I don't I don't want to be the city manager. I didn't run for city manager. I didn't mm-hmm. run for city attorney. Uh, I ran to be a city council member. But it's important for me to be able to make sure that we are exercising our oversight of issues that uh, that impact the city. And, and our police department is a paramilitary organization, right? They carry guns. They have the ability to uh, to take away people's liberties, mm-hmm. right? And so um, the public and myself uh, expect us to be able to uh, make sure that we can exercise our oversight role on this. And the fact that we didn't know about that, uh, I think, caused a lot of people to lose trust. And it made us really reexamine um, the current situation. Is there anything, uh, any change that's upcoming that y- you can point to? Well, so a couple of things that, that, are, that are going on. I mean, number one is um, <laughs> I just think the awareness of what happened has, has changed that. And I yeah. think, I think, I think the, the direction that council – and to be fair, I mean, let, 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 me, give you, let me give you an example, uh, Jeremy, of kind of what I'm talking about here. So when Shanika and I – Shanika Smith and I were yeah. first elected, um, we were uh, offered the opportunity to have an orientation where we okay. go and meet. And at that orientation, I was expecting to come in and meet with all the department heads and get a binder of what are all the main issues that were going on. Um, instead, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm brought to a room, Shanique and I are brought to a room, and we've got the city manager, the city clerk, and the, uh, the city attorney there kind of talking about ethics issues and, and, and other sort of kind of administrative stuff. Uh, and at the end, I asked the question, I said, okay, when do we get our briefing? You know, when do we talk our department heads? And they said, well, you know, council members usually don't do that. Uh, They've never done that. And so, wait a second, I say to myself, well, wait a second, like, that seems insane to me. I know I'm not their boss, but I want to establish a relationship and know what's going on. I want to hear directly from the people who are implementing it. So that next week, Shanika and I asked for meetings with all the department heads, and we asked them to prepare summaries of what was going on in their department so that we could learn about it. That had never happened. Interesting. And, and that to me is, is as much of a failure in terms of kind of the process as it is of city council asking for that. Yeah. I mean, to me, of course you'd ask for that. And so I think there is now a bigger understanding that council's got to take a more direct role. We're not going to micromanage. Right, right. Um, but we think we've got to come out there and talk with people about the implementation. That goes back to some of your earlier question, right, about kind of the implementation. And, and you probably don't want to say, but I, I mean, did that? Did it ruffle feathers when you did that? Did people like, were they like, oh, now we're getting micromanaged or something? Well, here's what I think happened. <laughs> at, the, at the department head level, I think most, most of them were actually thrilled to be able to interact with a council person. Oh, I see. It, okay. it's, it's funny when you, when you, when you, when you and again, I, I do this for a living a little bit too, Jeremy, but, 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 but my experience with them is they were, they were actually thrilled to be able to talk about what they were doing. I see. I see. Um, they were happy to talk about it. When I, the, we couldn't get the public works guy to stop talking. I mean, oh, he, yeah. was, he, was, he was that proud of it. And I, I'm glad of that. I mean, that is, that is what we want to hear. Um, I think at the higher levels, there was some concern about whether we may, the new, you know, the new folks may yeah, be yeah, overstepping yeah. their bounds. <laughs> um, but, but I want to be really careful about that. But, but I do think that did ruffle some initial feathers. Um, and, and so, uh, but that was okay. Right. I mean, that's part of the reason I ran, and that was some of the message that I was running on. Right. And so I think that, Jeremy, is, is, is starting with a with much more of a culture change. Yeah. And I think this budget process, too, this was a kind of a collaborative budget process. You right. know, we worked with staff. Staff came back to us with options, and we were able to come to a unanimous consensus, Right. Uh, which 
with as diverse as a city council as we have is pretty remarkable. Right. Well, and, and you can always point to, you know, you're an individual, obviously you make your decisions, but you had the backing of all these voters. So it's like the voters ruffling feathers a little bit. I mean, they've entrusted you with this role. Well, that's the thing is, 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 right. is as, as a voter, I would expect my elected officials to ask those questions. Yeah. You know, again, I don't expect my elected officials to plow the snow or to make those the, the decisions as to who gets hired. In fact, we're not allowed to do that. But I do expect them to accept, exercise oversight mm-hmm. to make sure that all those things are getting done. And if they're not getting done, to be the ones who make the prioritization of what gets done and what doesn't get done. All right. Well, Vijay Kapoor, always good to talk to you. I think uh, you're very thorough. Hey, yeah. uh, you too, man. Anytime. All right. Thanks, sir.